Welcome to your friendly neighborhood film cast, a weekly movie podcast where we spread the good word about cinema. You can just see the little dazzling effect. I am your host, Jack, and with me is returning guest, Lydia. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for having me, Jack. Of course. I'm always happy to have you here. And I'm very excited to talk about a movie that you initially talked about in the Knives Out episode that we recorded. And this is Ready or Not, a 2019 film directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpen and Tyler Gillette, Gillette, Gillet, I don't know. I'm giving you all these pronunciations. One of them is the correct one. And it is described by IMDb, because Google gave too much away, in my opinion, as a bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. That's all you get. So, Lydia, I'm curious about your background with this movie because I remember you talking about it in the Knives Out episode and then briefly mentioning watching a lot of zombie movies last year and so I had in my idea that you really liked horror and then in the portrait of a lady on fire episode that we did you said that you didn't like supernatural horror so I'm curious like what are your thoughts on horror as a genre and how did you stumble upon this movie knowing that like did you know what it was about or how did you how did you find this movie You know, you mentioned that Google gave too much away. I would argue the trailer did as well for this movie. I don't know if you ended up watching the trailer, but it kind of gave away the whole plot right away. So you're you're correct. I am not a fan of horror movies of the supernatural type. So if there's, you know, if there's demons or hauntings or terrifying jump scares. I'm a wuss. I can't handle it. I know that about myself and I tend to just not. However, the last two or three years, I've come to appreciate horror as a genre. And so I've been intentional about watching some of the older horror movies that I know I can handle. So around every October, because I'm nothing, I'm not a fan of Halloween, (laughs) I try to watch some oldies and goodies, you know, like I saw The Shining for the first time a couple years ago. I watched Poltergeist. I watched Halloween. Um, In grad school, a bunch of us watched... What's the one where they're at the summer camp? It's either Friday the 13th and Nightmare on... uh, Yeah, it's Friday the 13th. So I've seen a few of them that are so old that they're really not as scary anymore. (laughs) Although the jump scare at the end of um, Friday the 13th was it? It was. We were in a big crowd of people, and we had like bowls of popcorn, and it was literally like we all jumped, and the popcorn flew in the oh air. Oh my so gosh! That was fun. This movie, though, I kind of just noticed it last October, so October of 2020, and I read the plot, and I read enough of the plot on Wikipedia that I was like, I can handle watching this. You know, mm-hmm. I can. I always. I am not ashamed to say I will read a plot if I need to determine if I can watch the movie. I didn't spoil it for myself, but I was like, okay, this seems more like a gory clue than it does. Yeah. Like an exorcist movie, <laughs> you know, um, this, the real 
horror here, the real haunting here is this delusional rich family, not a spirit. Or is it? Or is But we'll it? talk more about that later, won't we? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I do like this movie. The more horror I watch, the more I love that final girl trope. And I think Grace here is just a wonderful final girl. That lat oh, well. She is. We know, you know from the very beginning that she's going to be a final girl. She has that written all over her face. She is a survivor. And I love that about her. But I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> I hate Alex so much. Alex is the fiance slash husband of the protagonist, Grace, which you know, but just for context for everyone. Mm-hmm. And this absolute dick of a man makes me so mad. Jack, he makes me so mad. He gaslights her. He's like, he blames her for being mad at him for putting her in this game of death, this death cult, right? He literally says, I wrote this down, you said you wanted to get married. So it's her fault that his family's psychotic? No. How dare he not prepare her for this? How dare he marry her? I'm just, I'm so mad. I'm so mad at him. If my fiance slash new husband actively put me in harm's way, that would be the ultimate deal breaker. How could you be worse to your new wife, right? That's not a healthy relationship. Mm-mm. Which makes it interesting. So what were your initial thoughts on this movie? So I'm kind of going off of um, friend of the podcast, Melissa. She covered this on an episode of The Review Show, which is on the Whatnots Network that she's a part of. And she was telling me, because both of us were kind of intrigued by this movie when it first came out, and I think that both of us had in mind that it was a horror comedy And she was telling me, and on that episode, she kind of stated that it wasn't as much of a comedy as you would expect. I mean, it still is horror, but it's, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but I I had more of an impression of it being kind of something that would play on the horror genre, and it would be more clever or more fun. And not that it's not clever in some ways but we'll we'll get into that so I had heard really good things about it but uh after having a friend who I would consider has very similar tastes to me not like it then I started thinking hmm maybe I don't feel the need to check it out as quickly as I otherwise would have but then when you brought it to the forefront of my mind after talking about it when we recorded the Knives Out episode I'm like okay I will give this a shot so That's kind of how I came about watching it, and um, I will say overall, which if you want to give your overall thoughts, I didn't mean to go over overall thoughts with you unless... You know, I will say that I kind of felt the opposite of your friend. Like, I was surprised by how funny it was at times. I laughed a lot. I did not expect it to be as funny as it was. I mean, the plot is outrageously funny if you think about it they're playing hide and seek (laughs) to the death and there's this moment where grace she like spits out a mouthful of blood and she says fucking rich people and that is so funny to me i think it could have been funnier for sure but you're you know now that you say that you're kind of right it's kind of horror and it's a little comedy but it's almost not sure 
what it is. Really, it's like a romantic yeah. drama gone wrong with deadly consequences, maybe. To me, this felt like a, a first draft, in a way. Like, a movie that the screenplay definitely could have been improved on, and I would say that was my biggest issue with it, which I don't I don't want it to sound like I disliked it. I, I really like to pick apart movies, and some might think that's not a good thing because I... I like to pick apart things I didn't like, but at the same time, there are movies that other people think that are bad that I'm like, oh, but 60% of this works for me. So it kind of goes on both ends of the spectrum. And with this one, I would say that I think that it had very impressive cinematography and production design. Like, I really liked looking at the movie. I thought it was gorgeous to look at, but the script just did not match with the production value like I agree I totally agree. I think yeah it kind of reminded me of a script that I would read in one of my screenwriting classes in college like you see the potential it has a really good log line but then you read the script and you're like oh like it's gonna get there eventually like you have a good concept but you have to learn how to say other words besides fuck and shit and damn it. Like, that's all that these people say in this movie. Yeah, you know, I thought about that a lot for this. I will, You know, to start, I'll say I really liked this movie. It was fun. It was, it was enjoyable to watch. It was, like, a fun time. So as we're picking this apart, I ha- you know, the overarching mm-hmm. idea is that I really enjoyed watching it. Um, but I will say the revenge plot doesn't really work you're right it is like the first draft or two of this movie because it's set up for us to think that grace is going to get revenge on her shit fiance and his family by hunting them in return like one by one until she's the sole survivor Mm -hmm. but instead she just sorts of sort of runs around Mm -hmm. trying to survive And she grabs that big gun at one point, but she doesn't even get to use it. Even though the movie poster, have you seen it? It's just her with that big gun. So you're thinking that she's going to have a lot more agency there. She does get to kill the mom, which is satisfying, but it's really out of desperation. It's because she had to. And I mean, I was thinking, like, maybe it's more realistic. We like to think that we'd be a badass in that situation, but really we'd maybe be more in shock and trying to survive, but... This movie was advertised as a revenge thriller, and it didn't really get there. And also, (laughs) these rich people, this rich family, explain to me how they felt so unprepared for what was happening. How have they not prepared to win this game? It's like the danger isn't real enough because all of these rich people are absolute morons. There's no plan. How are they so bad at this? They've been practicing and preparing for generations, and they seem completely off guard at every moment. <laughs> they're so they're so rich. I expected like more booby traps. Yeah. And they, we had a few like secret passageways, but I expected way more interesting things in the house itself. If you're gonna force this girl to get married here and force this ritual to happen here, <laughs> why would you not? You know. Where are the trapdoors? Where are, like, the Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider-style, like, traps for this girl who's wandering around the house? So, 
Yeah, the plot is sort of hit or miss for me, definitely, this revenge plot. Yeah, I think with that I will put up a spoiler warning just to kind of make sure that some of this stuff doesn't go too much into spoiler territory. I mean, judging by the trailer, I think people would expect that there would be death <laughs> lurking, so yeah, we're good on that, but... uh Apologies for that, for sure. I will say the very first scene which throws back to when the fiancé Alex and his brother are children. And we learn that my favorite character, <clears throat> the crotchety old aunt who just sits and kind of has, like, she, they, like, hired the spookiest-looking old lady they can find and told her to just be herself. And, of course, uh-huh. she's, she's mean and evil because she had to murder her husband when... He drew hide-and-seek or whatever, but she's hilarious. She just... Doesn't she have, like, an actual axe that she's wielding that's as big as her entire tiny body? That's See, that's more comedy for me. Like, she was such a funny character. Yeah. Like, I definitely enjoyed the little bits of comedy that worked. Like, there was the the family member. I don't remember how she was a part of the family, but she was, like, constantly, like, doing lines of coke and so <laughs> that was the actual sister. Okay. That was um yeah, she I looked it up cuz I forgot yeah. as well. She's actually blood related and she's the one with the two kids. Okay. Which is terrifying. <laughs> it's very terrifying. I'm like was she a sister-in-law or a cousin? I couldn't remember how she fit into that family, but oh my god. She was a mess. Almost immediately just kills two of the maids. She kills two maids in the first like hour of running around the house trying to find Grace. She's that bad at this. What did you think, like, how they built tension in this movie? Did you have any thoughts on that? It was sort of hit or miss for me, so I'm curious of what you think. It was kind of hit or miss for me, too. I think that it worked well in the very beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. like, leading up until Grace draws that card and everyone kind of looks around like, "Uh uh-oh, it's time. But uh, I think throughout the movie, it didn't feel like there were many stakes, if that makes sense. Like, I think that we're just kind of stuck in the same game, literally the same game for so long that it, after a while, you kind of just feel like, okay, Grace is going to find her way out of this one, and this person's going to die, and that's just one person taken off the board but yeah you're right I mean we know we know Grace isn't going to be murdered in the first hour regardless of how the movie ends we know she's going to survive until the end Mm -hmm. at least whether she dies or not because she's the main character so it's hard to build suspense and again the danger isn't real enough or at least it wasn't to me because she's up against a bunch of morons and it's like The movie runs out the clock until dawn, just like Grace runs out the clock until dawn. And it's it's kind of a shorter movie. It's like 90 minutes as opposed Mm -hmm. to two hours. And yet it was still a little challenging to see pacing wise how they built that tension. Yeah, which now that we're in spoiler territory, I'm curious. What did you think of the ending? Because for me... The fact that this curse actually was real and that all of these people just kind of blow up at sunrise in the form of a deus ex machina 
Um, I don't know. Not that it validates their concern whatsoever, but at the same time, like, I think it would have sat better with me if there wasn't this curse and that they really were just like these psycho rich people that were just trying to uphold, you know, this tradition rather than, oh, like, they all actually did die because of some weird, wacky, like, that just totally recontextualized the whole movie to me. And I'm curious what you thought about that. I will say funniest death ever just exploding heads <laughs> that was wacky it was so outrageous i thought it was funny but I, okay i've been thinking about the ending a lot you're right it totally recontextualizes the entire movie and so does that validate what they did or not so i i really like that nod that the evil spirit slash the devil slash what was his creepy name labelle LaBelle mm-hmm. nods to Grace at the end. And I've been thinking a lot about what that means. Like, I'm wondering if she was selected for hide-and-seek on purpose with the intention of ending this curse, of ending this dynasty, or does the nod mean she's the new Ooh. leader of this family, of this death cult? I don't know what that means. And I've also been thinking about... um, So, we have blood family members, and then we have married-in family members. We have the patriarch and we have the children and then their husbands and wives and i'm wondering so do they die because they lost the game or because they played the game like is this punishment for playing the game itself Mm. i don't know i've been grappling with this Mm -hmm. still it would have been very i think the plot again the plot is so outrageous that it took itself so seriously and so we're led to believe of course it's not real because that could never happen and then it does happen, and it even happens to the two little kids, although off screen, right? Which really yeah. ups the ante because the punishment is real. And I will say I was warbling back and forth on whether the curse was real until she, um, Grace, until Grace falls into the pit of bodies in the goat barn and as soon as i saw goats i was like this is a lot Mm. of (laughs) dedication to something if it wasn't real i don't know i don't know how i feel about the ending i i I will say i really like the very end where she divorces alex the house burns down she's smoking in front of it and the firefighter's like you okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um she's like "Ugh, in-laws very cheesy. And I'm wondering, like, does this mean that she... I mean, she is the sole surviving member of this family, and she legally married Alex, and no one knows that they were, quote, divorced. So does that mean she gets to inherit this dynasty, all this wealth? I hope so. My girl Grace deserves it. <laughs> and something that I thought about, too, is that right after the movie ends, wouldn't they have questions for her? <laughs> After so many people die and she's the one person standing, I don't think she's going to be able to enjoy that inheritance. I think she's going to unfortunately be in prison or some kind of psychiatric ward or something. Something. And I've, I've been thinking a lot about how as dawn approaches, everything gets progressively darker. 
until all bets are off. They get more, the rich family gets more and more desperate and more and more scared of this curse. They're actually scared of this curse. And that's, again, what made me feel like it was possibly real because they had to, at some point in their family history, had some kind of proof that this was real. Because why else would so many people buy into this? Is it because rich people are delusional or because they've seen proof that this is real? I don't know. But what I was meant to what I meant to say was that as things get worse, like more and more people get more and more invested. Like we have the kid get out of bed and try to kill Grace. He shoots her in the hand. And this little boy does. It gets more and more dark. And then even when she, which the most tense moment for me is when Grace steals Stephen's car, the butler's car, and she tries to call the police, but then the operator says the car has been stolen and shuts off the vehicle. So we're even pulling in characters from outside of the family who are on, also in, in on this hunt, whether they know it or not. So the stakes keeps getting higher and higher and higher as the night goes on, which was really nice. And... Above all, like at all times, we're reminded that this is supposed to be Grace's happiest, you know, quote, happiest day of her life. It's her actual wedding day. She's wearing a stunningly beautiful wedding dress. I'm not a wedding person. I don't really care about them, like the pomp and circumstance. But I think Grace has one of the prettiest wedding dresses I've seen on film ever. Like it's stunning. It's beautiful. And then she has to rip it. Oh, it's so good, right? And then she has, this girl has to rip it in order to run from her murderous in-laws. So above all, it's so much for, you know, happily ever after until death do us part. (laughs) I will have to say that's a good move on the costume designer to put her in that like gorgeous dress. I feel the same way the older I get, the less I care about weddings and the less I not necessarily pay attention, but like fashion in movies, if that makes sense. I'm much more a fan of pretty cinematography than I am pretty outfits, but I would say that's one of the most memorable (laughs) movie dresses to me in many years. And I think that her hair is styled well. I just like her whole look. I think that would be a very fun Halloween costume if we can never celebrate Halloween again with other people safely. Now, would you want to be dressed as her at her prettiest or like when she's drenched in blood? I would probably... Maybe change it throughout the night. Maybe make it as you're celebrating Halloween, make it progressively worse. Like first you start with tearing it, then you change your shoes, then you get covered in blood, I guess. Yeah, that would be fun. Or just even to have, like, she has on the poster with the gun and the the bullet sash. That would be fun. Gun with the bullets that don't work. Was that yep. because they knew that the victim, I guess, that the hider, <laughs> that they would try to steal that gun? And it's just a trick? I don't know. Um, let's talk about Dan- Daniel, who is the only character to actually move along the plot at all. He, you know, he flip-flops. He poisons his family. He helps capture Gracie. Like, sorry, Grace. I keep calling her Gracie for some reason. Um, yeah, Daniel. What are your thoughts on Daniel as a character? Yeah, I thought 
his character was the second most interesting after Grace because you see a little bit of, I don't even know if I could say depth, but his character just does the most besides hers and you see more sides of him. He has more complexity. Maybe not depth, but complexity. More range, I guess you could say. But uh, And I think that this movie kind of plays into... The concept of mob mentality as well, which unfortunately, I think that's a little bit too why I'm like, but then their concerns were actually validated when they all blew up. Not that I agree with what they did at all, but just kind of shows how uh, disturbing it is that, you know, a lot of people just kind of go along with stuff and don't even think about it. And with him, it was kind of hard to read which I think made it fun to watch his character we needed someone hard to read like that because everyone's very good versus evil in this movie Alex is a piece of shit and I hate him but like everyone else and you know Daniel has this line I wrote down he says you'll do pretty much anything if your family says it's okay which speaks Mm -hmm. to all of that which you've just said like this mob mentality right like the moral code that holds a family together, what it means to be welcomed into a new family, what it means to be part of a family. Inheriting money versus growing up with money versus marrying into money. There's a lot of different pieces here. Daniel is kind of key. And even just the concept of what family means to people, this very old concept of family, because when you think about it, none of them really even like each other that much. But the only tie that keeps them together is their quote-unquote family, which is also very unhealthy. Yeah, this family's secret, honestly. It's like, in movies and in real life, I guess, the trope of like, um, I'm thinking, um, whenever you're getting married and the girls go out for an evening, why can't I think of the phrase? Bachelorette party. Bachelorette party, yes. It's like the trope of like, you know, if someone dies, it ties you all together. For life, you have to carry the secret of the murder forever, and you're going to be part of that for the rest of your lives. That's what's happening here, except it's intergenerational. Mm-hmm. They all have to keep this murder secret forever. And that's going to tie you together like nothing else, for better or for worse. And obviously, in this case, it's for worse. I like to think that I'm a, you know, we all like to think we're good people. I, I like to think I'm a good enough person where I'd be willing to take my chances that the curse is real instead of murder someone (laughs) in a group Mm -hmm. and hunt them every few generations. Um, Clearly no one else except for Daniel saw it that way. I still can't get past Alex. And every time I think of this movie, I think of how many other solutions he could have had to this problem that he caused. (laughs) You know, if you really loved someone... Would you yeah. marry them knowing that there's a one in whatever chance that your whole family's going to hunt them for sport? I would say no. I feel like, you know, a domestic partnership, you could just live together. You could um, you could pull a, um, a lemony snicket and sign the wedding certificate with the wrong hand, see if that worked. Like, there are, there are yeah. other paths you could take than this whole plot here. And I can't get past it. I did want to ask something, though. I've been thinking a lot about the butlers and the housekeepers and the nanny here. 
and how on board they are with all of this. And that's not really addressed here. And, you know, they're, they're so on no. board with it. And then the Le Domas family literally treats them like garbage. They kill the maids and the nanny. And I can't remember if the butler actually dies or not. But, like, when they die, they just throw their body in the pit with the other sacrifices. They do not care about them. So why are these um, employees so ride or die for this family? It's not really addressed. And I'm very curious about it. Yeah, it almost makes you wonder if that was intentional or if it was just an oversight. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, that really isn't explored at all. They're just kind of props. But then again, that could be very intentional that they're saying, oh, rich people think of, you know, the help as disposable. And they don't treat them like people. They treat them like objects. So. And that makes me wonder, as a writer, why I would have them side with the rich family and not the yeah vulnerable girl who comes from a background where she's not... She Grace, it's clear that she's not just saying she doesn't care about their wealth. Like, she actually just wants to marry Alex and be part of this family. She doesn't seem mm-hmm. like she's a gold digger. I never get that vibe, even in the beginning. So I wonder why there's no class solidarity, I guess. Form a union mm-hmm. against this family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do something. But I wonder if they believe in the curse, the employees. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Or if they're even told. I guess they have to be told. Why else would they play along with this? Oof. That dumbwaiter scene. I am not convinced that dumbwaiters are strong enough to chop someone in half- I, I feel like they're more flimsy than that, but I'm not an architect. What do Yikes. I Yikes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? I'm looking through my notes, and I think we went over everything. I will say, you know, I'll, I'll repeat. This was a really fun movie. It is something... I mean, I didn't see it with a group of friends last Halloween because it's 2020, but it would it would be fun to watch it with a group of people, and just it's just an enjoyable kind of scary movie um i did want to ask you though because you watch a lot more horror than i do what are some of your other favorite final girls because i really only know this one and then jamie lee curtis's character in halloween do you have any that come to mind i don't not that i can think of off the top of my head i would have to think about it and then give you more of a response if that it's makes a tough sense. question. Yeah. And I put you on the spot for sure. I'm thinking, um, I have, have you seen The Cabin in the Woods? Yes. I think is what it's mm-hmm. called. Okay, with Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. I handled that one too because it's all tropes and there's yeah. a final girl in that one as well, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, there has to be. It's a movie about tropes. There's a final girl and guy. They both live to uh, the end. Do they? I didn't remember. Oh. I just, I think of that movie and I think of, like, <laughs> the bike jumping over yeah. the um, valley and just hitting that. Oh, man. So funny. A little off topic, but um, I have, I'm trying to appreciate horror movies even though I can't handle and never will be able to handle anything too intensely scary. There are, you know, 
There are other people like me out there, Jack. You know, there are websites that are like, here is a list of all the jump scares in this movie. Uh-huh. That's the only reason I could watch Get Out. Because they were like, here's all the moments that are scary. And here's the timestamps. I was like, thank you, Jesus, for someone doing the math. So I can watch this movie and understand the references. So if you're a scaredy cat like me, you can probably handle this movie. There's not really jump scares. No. There's not too much gore. It's not too bad, really, even though there are moments of gore. And it's a lot of fun. It's If you want to get into some horror, just dip your toe in there. Give it a watch. Yeah. I will say for me, I guess this is more like along the lines of body horror slash gore is when her hand, when Grace's hand gets shot. That was really hard for me to watch the rest of the movie. Her trying to walk around with this gaping hole in her hand. So be forewarned about that if that's like something that would freak you out. Because I know that I, I didn't handle that incredibly well. I mean... It was fine. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Thank you. I didn't even think about that. You're welcome. I will say it wasn't the shooting through the hand that got me. It was no. climbing out of the pit. Yes. And the nail. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. That was almost too much. But honestly, that was so close to the end. I was like, I have to finish it now. <laughs> exactly. I felt the same the way. Beginning, yeah. I would not have been able to, to move forward. Not a huge fan of the pit of the bodies either and i love goats and i don't like when they're used in horror Mm -hmm. movies because they're so cute yeah they are stop making them scary oh and while we were on the topic of cabin in the woods spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it yet but i should clarify there was a final couple i don't know if they were a couple in the movie but a girl and a guy that are there until the end when like that huge god hand reaches from underneath the ground so I guess that they're not the final two people after that happens but you know I didn't want it's been so long yeah yeah, not that I've had any criticisms like this yet but I didn't want someone online to be like well actually um neither of them survive I'm like I know I've seen the movie I have to clarify so there we go okay (laughs) well with that um, have you watched any good movies or TV shows lately? I just watched a, a newer Netflix original movie called The Dig. It has Carrie Mulligan mm. and the guy who played Voldemort. Yes. <laughs> His name I can't remember. So I really enjoyed it. They, um, Carrie Mulligan's a rich widow in somewhere in England. And Voldemort is a... Um, an excavator, so an amateur archaeologist, and he uncovers a site called Sutton Who. Oh my gosh, I should have reminded myself what all these names are. But essentially, it was this groundbreaking archaeological discovery on the cups of World War II, and I loved it. I, I love, honestly, I'm a sucker for any movie that's like based on true events. And then at the end, it has like the text of what really happened. I will eat that with a spoon. You know, it's, it's just beautiful. I love it. This movie was based on a true story. And it had Carrie Mulligan, who had, I have loved since I saw her as Sally Sparrow in Doctor Who. Yes. And then I spent much too long after watching it, like looking up on YouTube 
museum curators describing the find, the actual find, and all the different treasures they Ooh. found. So I, it was really fun. There were some nice visuals, some really good parallels. The pacing was a little strange. I think Netflix hasn't really figured out pacing in movies, but the acting was phenomenal, and so was the character development. So I really enjoyed it, and I recommend it. If you're in the mood for a true story and, like, British countryside and also historical, archaeological content. Fun stuff. Nice. That is good to know. A little bit off-brand considering our last episode where I was saying I'm not necessarily in the headspace for sitcoms. I have been watching a lot of The Simpsons lately. Which, not that I am watching it for the first time, I've seen episodes throughout the years, but um, I've definitely wanted to watch more of it. It's always a show that I've admired a lot, but there's just so much there that it's hard to sit down and know what are the best episodes to watch, and not really a show that you have to watch every episode in order, you can kind of pick yeah. and choose, so... In my movie Discord, we've been having Simpsons nights occasionally, and friend of the pod, Melissa, will curate a list of episodes that we're going to watch, and we've been doing that, and that's been a lot of fun, so I've been enjoying that. I love that. I love that she's curating a list. What a good friend to have. I've never mm-hmm. watched The Simpsons. I saw The Simpsons movie. Do you remember when that came out with like yeah. the dome? Over the town. Uh I saw that for some reason, but I've never seen the actual show. And honestly, it's so big. You're right. You don't have to watch every episode, but there's so much content. It's kind of hard to know where to start. So kudos to her for helping y'all out. Yeah. I would highly recommend if you just want something fun to watch with lots of pop culture references, it's a good time. And um, this is not a movie that I've watched recently But something that I want to recommend while you're on here, because I've thought about it and I keep forgetting to mention it to you. Have you seen The Handmaiden? Handmaiden? I don't think so. Okay, I'm looking this up right now so I can accurately describe it to you. But it's a South Korean movie from 2016 and it's on Amazon Prime. That's how I watched it. I think it was last May when I watched it. It's described by Google as... With help from an orphaned pickpocket, a Korean con man devises an elaborate plot to seduce and bilk a Japanese woman out of her inheritance. And it's beautifully shot, very interesting twists and turns throughout, very impressive all around. I would say I think that you would like this. It does get a little bit graphic at points, so just be forewarned for that like in many different ways it gets graphic but I think that the substance of it is enough I don't know like I know the different people have different limitations when it comes to like violence and sex and all of that so I never know like am I recommending something that's too much for a person but you know it I really liked it a lot you know I thought it sounded familiar, and then when you described it, I feel like I've come across recommendations for that before. I will, I didn't realize it was on Amazon Prime. I don't think it was for a while when I first looked it up, so that's great to know. And I'll say personally for your future reference, I can pretty much handle graphic content of any nature unless we get into, like, what I imagine the Saw movies are like. I can't handle, or, like, you know, something horrifying, like those awful, terrifying human centipede movies. I could never 
do that, but anything anything less I can usually handle. Yeah. I also I meant to ask you if you've seen this movie. Now we're just going back and forth between us. I love space movies. And that's a very general category. I mean, literally any movie that's set in the atmosphere <laughs> above Earth, I'm like, yes. Um, have you seen Moon? It came out in 2009. I have not, but I've heard good things about it. So I definitely want to watch it at some point. It's one of those um, psychological thriller movies, and it's set on the moon, you know, because it's mm-hmm. called Moon. That's very fun. I've been in the mood... I really want to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey again, mm-hmm. and it's hard to find, which is sad because it's this phenomenal experience, and I, I need to rewatch it. I think I'm going to have to order the DVD. It is on HBO Max right now, so if it you is. have that, it is, or at least it was like less than a month ago. I hope it's still on there. I've been meaning to watch that one as well. Have you seen it before? I have not. Oh, you haven't? I... <laughs> okay, let me know when you watch it, because it's it's one of those movies that you watch because it's important, and then you're like, what did I just watch? But there are some great moments, and I, I've always said that I wish I could do drugs, because I feel like it would be a really great movie to watch when you're, like, on some kind of psychedelic drug. I don't even know, like, LSD oh, or something. Yeah. I feel like it would be an experience. Obviously, to clarify, I don't do drugs, but... In another life, <laughs> mm-hmm. it would be fun to watch when you're super high or something. But it's it's so bizarre at times. What was I say? Oh, but when you watch it, H. John Benjamin does a parody of a scene from that movie, and it's freaking hilarious. He does a voiceover of Hal, which is an AI, uh-huh. and... When you see the movie, let me know. I will send you this scene, and we will laugh together. It's so funny. It's so funny to hear, like, the Bob's Burgers voice come in over this movie scene, which is so... It's such a serious, scary moment in the movie. And then when H. John Benjamin starts talking, <laughs> it's perfect comedy. So, something to look forward to. Yeah. And ever since all of those monoliths popped up over the year, you know, like, there were those... You know, in Utah or wherever, and in Germany and in California, all of those 2001 A Space Odyssey jokes and references, you'll be able to understand them. Nice. That is definitely going to give me the motivation I need to watch that. Like, I, anytime people recommend stuff, it gives me more motivation to watch the things. So I always appreciate that. Do you have anything that you would like to plug, Lydia? I am always on Twitter. Come talk to me about movies and books. It'll be a lot of fun. Fun indeed. You can find the podcast on Twitter at yourfnfilmcast. And you can email us at friendlyneighborhoodfilmcast at gmail.com. Until the next time.